using the script in the bottom of Rick Berman's barrel. It's Feature Please, a heinous trip at Warp 5. My name is Joseph. And I'm just a sexy slug that could really use your help. Peter. Before we talk about any specific Star Trek episodes, Peter. We well, have a... Before we go to that, but before we, we go to court. Okay. Real quick, where are you at on the Strange New Worlds? I see Darius, one of our uh, big meme generators, uh, is hook, line, and sinker on this shit to the point where he's putting out his own memes. So, Yeah, his own pro uh, Strange New World memes, which... Given his deeply unimpressed Eastern European nature is quite, you know, notable in its own regard, as you mentioned, I am a full agreement with him. The show definitely is not perfect. It's basically, I would call it a solid B overall after six episodes. Um, I think that it it, it has a, a clear low point in episode two. It's like one of the worst written things I've ever seen. Everything else has been pretty good to... Very good. How many episodes are they supposed to get this season? Ten. So six six of the ten have aired. Okay, so four more chances to shit the bed. I you believe know. in you, robot hideout. <laughs> Listen, it's very frustrating to see the same people you hated making Discovery suddenly showing signs of such competence and making a different show. But trust me, they 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 have some annoying habits. I'll say I'll say this right now. Uhura is the most annoying part of the fucking show because she is absolutely a Mary Sue Yas Queen cutout, and it is it got old fast. But it really doesn't matter because Anson Mount is just awesome. He is the platonic ideal of a Starfleet captain. He's just great. You just wanna you just wanna watch him go do space things. It's amazing. He might be my favorite captain ever. No. Yes. Hmm. I mean, he's going to need a lot more at-bats before he can take the crown, but... To be fair, and and this is something that I've just discovered uh, as I prepare for our Patreon content of our uh, discussion reviewing Generations, it is hard to go back and watch TNG after seeing what Patrick Stewart has soiled himself with and in my memories with in Picard, so... I I have not had the same experience because I just watched a couple episodes of TNG recently and it was a little sad to be like, oh man, Patrick Stewart used to be really cool, but it's like, but he was cool. Like this was awesome. And yeah, so in his, in his twilight, he has faded. Such is the fate of all of us. Uh, but our fate before we get into even talking about this episode of Enterprise, we got another topic to talk about. And that we got is called out. We did. We got, we've got, there's an accusation live on the floor against V'ger, please, right now. Didn't and even have the decency to get us on the trauma support group. This came in from our often neglected redheaded stepchild Discord server. It did. And Doug89, whom I have praised here in the past. So we'll, we see what that got us. Uh, apparently, uh, as doing his best Ben Shapiro, uh, fucking impression and assaulted us with facts and logic by uh, mentioning that for the last uh, four and a half years, you and I apparently have been misapplying the term bottle episode. I saw that this morning as I was getting ready for work and I'm sitting there naked on my computer chair before I jump in the shower, feverishly searching any corner of the internet where I could possibly find a use or reference to bottle episode that would support the way we've been using it. 
And we have been using it to mean a self-contained episode where no part of the plot, no character development, nothing of consequence exists uh, outside of that 45 minutes of episode. My exact definition that I used that we have applied was bottle episode is a self-contained story with no continuity stakes. That is succinctly what we have intended it to mean. And that is quintessentially the spirit of Voyager. I can't even think of how many times we've said the term bottle episode. I would be very curious what our first use of it, like what episode we first really applied that term. I, I And we used it because the concept of a episode being in a bottle is that it is contained within the bottle and nothing gets out of the bottle. Therefore, whatever occurred within it is irrelevant because it's, it's within the bottle. And that was the way we took the metaphor. Apparently it's supposed to apply to an episode that is supposed to be cheap and uh, not use additional sets or a lot of additional expense. No guest uh, actors. No guest actors. According to TV tropes, apparently the ver- the very picture of a bottle episode is in fact shuttle pod one. Yep. Uh, I have a response to this, to this call out, to this accusation. This I'm, sure is, it's re- I'm sure it's real sweet. Let me hear it. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a fucking outlaw podcast. All right, we play <laughs> by our own goddamn rules here. Okay, and frankly, I like our definition more. And I am using my power as an internet content creator to canonize it such. TV tropes and all of its sexless neckbeard fucks can go jump off a bridge. We're right. They're wrong. That's what's up. Here, here. I am not watching that fucking intro. That <laughs> is not oh, happening. Well, it is happening. I, you you <laughs> jumped in the end of my notes. <laughs> Nobody... Outlaws, though we may be, we are still beholden to our own. Um, oh, geez, what was it? The person code of conduct. How how is it that we have gotten how many episodes in are we with with everything included? Two hundred, two hundred plus, yeah, two hundred plus for some years. We got a fair amount of listeners, intelligent listeners, uh, fellow neckbeard listeners. How is it that? It's been all this time until we've just finally gotten yeah, called yeah, out. On this. Yeah, you know what, listeners? This is on you. This is your fault. You never told us. We talk to you guys every day. Hell, guys. You left us out there adrift in a sea of stars and didn't to ever mention it. To be fair, I think there's a lot of uh, fuck-ups that we don't get called on. I was just listening to Shuttle Pod 1 where I incorrectly used suffrage as a form of suffering when it's, you know, very clearly just about voting rights. <laughs> but that's no your has... thing. It's your, that's your, that's your yes, trope. Ignorance is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, just being, being belligerently wrong is the Peter brand. So yeah. I don't think anyone would want to call you on that. So, uh, I, you know, this, this is very interesting though. And it seems like bottle episode as a term did go further than just, uh, tvtropes.com like that was actually used by the star trek writer room stuff like the moriarty episode which i think was literally called ship in a bottle and that's what it's supposed to be the ship in a bottle episode i think that our usage for it is better especially in the light of voyager yeah in the moriarty episode that involved a guest actor that involved additional sets lots of special effects yeah like 
that seems like a terrible one to pick as a bottle episode. Yeah. If that's bottle, your definition. Bottle episode, the, the TV tropes, writer rooms one is like real kids club. I, what else would the writers call or the producers call the majority of the shit that they put out as Voyager? And I, I scoured TV tropes desperate to try and find the right terms that would actually encapsulate how we've been and will continue to use uh, bottle episode. And I think the closest I can get, and it's, it's just so flat and boring, but it's the truth. And it's just self-contained episode or more on point filler episodes. With, I, I think the key part of our use of it is with no continuity stakes. It is contained. It is a contained unit. Which I'm willing to take any little scrap. And we're talking square Voyager, right? Un- Enterprise is undone a majority of the sins that Voyager did. But you give me some little interesting thing about when Tuvok tried to pray the emotions away or Balana's relationship with her dad or anything else up to the point that you're making up bullshit hobbies that Tom's a real keener on. Specifically, mm-hmm. fucking Fort Knox and this Mars mission encyclopedia knowledge he has, and yo-yos, and <laughs> and fucking yo-yos. I still yeah. think he was deserved that crack cocaine episode. As I was say, he definitely got everyone addicted to crack. That was an episode we didn't see. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I should contact uh, J.K. about that. It's like, listen, you doing the season eight stuff? Will you do a lost episode of Voyager? The one when Tom gets the crew addicted to crack cocaine. He gets really into the 80s. He starts dressing like he's oh, in Miami yeah. Vice. There's yeah. so much potential in that. Yeah. They uh, they they put a body kit on the Delta Flyer, so it looks like a Lamborghini. So, yeah, I, I think we our usage of bottle episode is better. And I think that there's enough times it comes up that, uh, in Voyager at least, that self-contained and filler just doesn't cut the bill i would like to propose that instead of facing down the intro that we appoint a neutral adjudicator for these affairs Mm. so that the fans don't let us down and uh, you know because now obviously they know we know that they will i would like to appoint basically an ombudsman specifically one that we we know we can trust uh that is a a picture of integrity uh, and and it truly knows where we're coming from. And, and the first man that comes to mind when I think of this is our very own game master, Dr. Jack. I mean, the man literally created a video game based on our, mm. our, our podcast. He is mm. a knowledgeable, uh, you know, professional person. What do you say, Peter? What do you what say? How are we giving this guy? He can determine when it is we have genuinely sinned and must watch the intro. He can sentence us. He can adjudicate. He's basically our arbiter. You want to keep it a one man or we want to have like a full on fucking Klingon high console (laughs) tribunal. No, we got, we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to create too much discord. You know, we want, we want harmony. We need a single point of, of decision-making. I say we make Jack our ombudsman. We might have to give him a litmus test to see uh, if his taste is good or not. I'll have to see if he thought that Shuttle Pod 1 was good or trash. And if he yeah. says trash, I will agree to the terms to have him on. By the way, 
this is only a 12 hour old poll. 53% of people say that shuttle pod one was bad. 15% are saying it's meh. 23% good. 7% great. That's out of a uh, whopping 13 votes. So of course the tides may change, but as of right now, as of, as of right now, I am being terribly disappointed by our fan base in more ways than one. Well, listen. Uh, speaking of terribly disappointing, what episode of Enterprise did we watch this week? Season one, episode 18, Rogue Planet. Before we describe this episode, I will read verbatim from a key passage at the end of the Memory Alpha that I believe so accurately describes my feelings about what we watched that... Uh, I can't help but use it to frame our discussion. And that is the following. This is from the unofficial reference book beyond the final frontier page 366. Probably the weakest episode of the season. It's not bad so much as anticlimactic. The book goes on to suggest that the episode should not have even been commissioned because it seemed too much like an installment of star Trek Voyager opining Quote, this has unused Chicote story written all over it. I, I, that's it. There it is. That's the review. Revenger, please. Uh, heinous April, heinous World War Five. See you guys for a 14 minute episode. This is dog shit. <laughs> this is, I, you know what? That's a bit of an insult. Uh, my dog is much nicer and his picking up his poop is much easier than having to watch this for an hour. I hated this. I'm trying to think if I disliked it more than shuttle pod one and I, they're, they're both bad in their own ways. Uh, was this worse than anything we saw on Voyager? Or do you think that this would have actually tucked in nicely for a Voyager episode? I mean, there's definitely worse Voyager episodes like straight up like the quote it's not so much bad as anticlimactic i I do agree with um it's it's not tattoo right like (laughs) it's if you want to talk about chicote episodes shit it's not even like that last one where she's on uh, the the surface of that planet with seven of nine like high heel trip over uh yeah lose my tricorder yeah fucking around and finding out seven of nine and there were cool parts to that episode conceptually the the exclusionary zone that that alien race had on their own planet because there naughty. are cool ideas on this episode i mean this the is coolest shirt. idea is the actual concept of a rogue planet uh sensors on the bridge pick up a planet archer goes well there's not supposed to be solar systems out here no captain it's it's not it's just a planet on its own and to paul tells us this is what the vulcans call a rogue planet it's a planet that's broken free of its grava its, it's uh, orbit And it is out in space and everybody is amazed that the planet has maintained an atmosphere, that the surface is not just frozen over and that because of thermal venting on the surface from the core, that the planet is able to continue to sustain life. I thought that was cool as fuck. And it's just a planet. Oh, a literal, a literal world of darkness. (laughs) We did it. Yes. I agree. That is a cool concept. I also like the idea of like weird fucking animals that like are evolved in an extraordinarily different way as a consequence of this very weird circumstance that they have evolved under. That is also cool. I like the idea of big game hunters on our essentially a religious expedition to this weird rogue planet. That's part of their I tradition. I too enjoyed the Herogen. 
<clears throat> it, like these these are all concepts that in both apart and together make sense to me as a frame for a Star Trek story. The problem is instead of focusing on the cool stuff, they spend the majority of the runtime focusing on boring shit or Archer getting co-opted by seeing a manifestation of a poem. Like this is so it's, it was such a drag to watch the concept of a rogue planet that is perpetually in the darkness and, and whatever vicious shit could go on there. This needed to be a badass homeworld for some fucking persistent bad dudes. Yeah, or like where they send like their fucking elite to train or a penal colony. I mean, there's I could come up with a dozen fucking sweet things to do instead of uh, and I'm sure somewhere in your notes, you got the same thing written down. It's just a fucking Captain Planet episode. Absolutely. Oh, God. At its core. Mm-hmm. This is so out of place because it's not the 90s anymore. This is post 9-11. We stopped caring about the environment. <laughs> <laughs> that shit went right out the window. So they swing through, they go, hey, we got any uh, life signs? Oh, there's all sorts of uh, wildlife, no humanoids, but hey, look at that. There's some sort of a camp and energy signatures. Let's go take a couple shuttle pods down, check it out. They pile out. Now, this is a first contact situation. This is, I don't know what you want to call it, but I don't think this is supposed to be a hostile action. One of my favorite things to do is uh, where are the phasers at? They in the holsters? No, they are in the hands in what is very clearly a very hostile landing party with their fucking <laughs> spy tech night vision monocles out. OK, first, you never know when you're going to run into the president of this planet. So you got to have your guns out. For those circumstances. 100% Starf even start early. Starfleet knew you had to have your guns in ready to be you know. at planetary presidents so there's no doubt that you came in peace peace. second these fucking eye patch things look like some crap you take off of that laser tag bundle that you bought at goodwill this is this is some fucking childish looking shit like i get you gotta show hey we got night vision and there's something special uh, Jurassic Park did the same thing with the night vision goggles in there that Lex puts on when the green outer discs rotate. The difference being one of those is a uh, amusement park accessory and the other is uh, what appears to be a tactical piece where now you have basically a big laser dot sight on your fucking head so everybody can just shoot you very easily in the dark. You basically look like Joel Schumacher's dead shot while wearing that. Ooh. That's yeah. very good. That's a <laughs> I stunned you mm-hmm. with that one. That's a deep one. Um, the most important thing we will learn moving forward is that uh, both Reed and Archer were not only Boy Scouts, but Eagle Scouts. Yeah. And yeah. Reed was the better Eagle Scout coming in with 28 merit badges versus Archer's measly 26. You know, Archer, you got to have more than a minimum if you want to impress. <laughs> I'm just saying. It is very much like Eagle Scouts to, like, take pride in that even when they're middle-aged. So, you know, that's that's on brand. I well, accept you this. you know, it is a literal 
attack that I levied on Archer is that he comes off the same way that Sam Beckett did. And it's this uh, small town boy scout with the heart of gold uh, stumble, you know, minus and you know where I'm going with this. Minus the time he condemned a whole fucking planet. To <laughs> did, do they give uh, merit badges for genocide? It's I wonder. The, yeah, it's the 25th merit badge. So he'll you have should, to hit up. A- <laughs> yeah, he'll have to hit up his, his pack or his troop rather. Yeah, get on back. Echo 3 and see if uh, the local scoutmaster back on Earth. Good night, Aww. baby. I'll talk to you later. Good night. I also couldn't help but notice. And I, I know Stevie is one for the anime. Was she uh, was she sitting around watching you with this? No, I had to watch this on my own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, straight up Dragon Ball Z scouters. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. They they resemble the scouters. You're absolutely right. That's actually more me. She, you know, Stevie is definitely one for the anime, but she, you know, she's she's more of the uh, Sailor Moon half of the equation. Gen- <laughs> a gendered response if there ever was one. They start stumbling around. They're looking uh, and then our special guest stars for the episode come the into Aska. view. Yeah. The Aska, also known as uh, Evil Country Guys. Yeah, these are definitely uh, guys who have season tickets to your local NFL game. <laughs> NFL team. Uh, these are the guys who definitely like a, their steak medium rare and enjoy slinging it down the Bud Light. And uh, they would be bass fishing if they weren't hunting. You know, like there's a stereotype that these guys are meant to fulfill. And they and it involves exporting goods. Yes. And they occupy it. They occupy the stereotype very accurately. Um, I actually thought, as per usual uh, for Star Trek Enterprise, they're very nice and reasonable to these human visitors. <laughs> Absolutely. And they, they razz them. They give them, they, they razz them in that way that a, like a, a bunch of dudes on a hunting trip would razz a bunch of people who don't know what's up. Like it reminds me of the, the stories my dad would tell about hiking the Appalachian trail, you know, and the sort of hiking culture of how people kind of like razz each other there, but they, you know, shared their space, shared food, commiserated shared with booze. Them. It looks like there's a lot of drinking, gave right? Them, gave them warnings. You know, they were very Took them out reasonable. on the hunt. Yeah. Uh, they weren't like dicks. Like, uh, this is our, we've reserved this time to hunt get out, you're encroaching on our rights, blah, blah, blah. They're like, no, man, nobody owns this planet. You can do whatever you want. Just be careful. Shit's real dangerous out there. They're very reasonable. They're very nice. They in no way impose themselves upon the humans. And they are, uh, they are not treated well (laughs) by this episode (laughs) in any way. Uh, now, I think that they do provide a semi compelling case at at minimum by the end is that they're not, not the good guys. Uh, but they are not the bad guys either. They're not. There are no black hats in this episode, in my opinion. And if they try to build these, if if they intended to build these guys as a black guy, they did a shit job of it. They build these guys out exactly the way that the writers wanted them to be, and you can peek into that motivation however you see fit. Uh, this is written by uh, Chris. This is Berman. Ew! Come on, what story by Berman Braga? And then Chris Black, telepay by Chris Black, directed by Alan Croker. Um, 
yeah, man, th- how how's Rick Berman involved in this? Like, the, you got the biggest names on the fucking production team, and and that's I figured this would be some goofy guest writers. Yeah, I'm looking. You know, this has interested me in a question. How many writing credits do you think uh, Berman had on TNG? Seven. He had five. How many do you think he had on DS9? Oh, I have no idea on DS9. Three. How many do you think you had on Voyager? Like four? Eight. How many do you he think had you- some real fuck? I mean, Timeless was uh, was was Berman and Bragger, yeah. right? Caretaker, Hope and Fear, Timeless, Think Tank, Equinox Parts 1 and 2, Fury, Endgame. Fury some was real- Kess Returns, right? Yeah. So some real highs and lows there. None of them. You cut a... Caretaker and Fury off, and that's straight fire he's playing with. How many do you think he did of, of Enterprise? 30. 37. You, 37s. Uh, <laughs> 37 episodes. I mean, there, there what are. What level are... of participation does he realistically have in these scripts he... versus, like, and that was what we, you know, um, talked about back in Timeless. Uh, is Berman actually a pretty good writer when he sits down and puts his ass into it? Or does Berman just have a good nose and says, this is going to be a great episode. Let me stick my dick in there just so I can get some writing credits to go down in the history books. Of the 37 episodes, which represents more than a third of all of Enterprise. So he literally has writing credits on more than a third of the episodes in the entire show. Um, he wrote all but looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of them. He wrote with, with three people. The rest he wrote with Brandon Braga. So 28 of those, he was just him and Brandon Braga. The other nine was, uh, was him, Brandon Braga and a third person, a writing bitch who probably did the majority of the writing. Right. My, interpretation and this is purely speaking out of my ass Mm -hmm. is that after whatever the reception the 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 end backlash from voyager was right you took the hottest sci-fi property on tv and by the end you were pulling in real meager numbers compared to where you started that somewhere in the cbs or whatever the fucking network food chain was at that point pulled him in and said, you guys are on thin fucking ice and we're willing to put big money into another Star Trek property and we're going to chalk the numbers that Voyager finished up with as a fluke. But you need to be involved in the day to day and I need your personal seal of approval that every fucking script that comes out of there is as good as it possibly can be because we're not doing this again. I, you know, there'll be a lot to discuss, I think, on this topic as I'm looking through, like, what he had a hand in and what he didn't. I think the most notable thing about this is of this very prolific writing effort on the part of the man who crafted essentially, you want to call it almost 20 years of science fiction's, you know, flagship uh, IP. Um all of that came entirely in the first three seasons, except for one episode in season four. So I think you're right. I think that this was 
he had to be involved because they were uh, they were trying to reestablish the IP on on firmer ground to make this new, fresh, sexy CW fied version of Star Trek that could continue on into the future. And by season when season four started, it was clear the writing was on the wall and he was out. And, uh, you know, a new generation of creatives took over who really had a much better idea what the fuck to do, uh, but unfortunately did not have as much time to do it. Man, this is this is really going to be good uh, <clears throat> mess hall, if not season rip. But like, I think a lot of the stuff you've talked in the past about how things just don't hit the right way. The fucking intro being like a boomer rock ballad. That's just a completely bad fit. All the off brand uh, booby humor. And shit like that. I, I think that's very clearly his contribution to these scripts and to the creative process. And it's just an old dude who's out of touch with what the product should be. Yeah, he he thinks young and sexy is juvenile boob humor. Speaking of some boomers, the Dick's customers, big game hunters who have come to a savage land for sport hunting. Although it is described in the episode that it is a strong tradition. It's not spiritual. And that'll be something I want to get into later. Uh, But these are guys that uh, are what ninth generation hunters of coming to this planet. I I would call it semi-spiritual or semi-religious. Like it's very culturally linked. It's more than just we're going to go and we're going to crush some beers and we're going to shoot some elk. It's, It's very serious for them. You know, like this is a, a a tradition. It's something their ancestors have done. It's time limited. They they don't do you not for a moment entertain the idea of staying beyond their remit. You know, they, they, this is a highly regulated uh, their hunting license. Basically, you know, <laughs> they get in. They don't go after the higher cognitive species in there, which. L- let's assume for a second they're not lying and that there's like monkey people. Or something that we just don't see, uh, because spoiler alert: they're actually hunting slugs, and and they're not. They're, these are, at the worst, lawful evil. But I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's even a law. I I don't know. It's fucking alignments are hard on these guys, but they're not. They're not crazy psychos. These aren't fucking nutbag rednecks shooting the joint up and and doing uh, inbred shit. They tell all the, their little story to Archer. You know, here's the deal. This is why we're here. We're not here for a long time. You're welcome to come along. Archer's like, well, this is a real interesting place we're at. Can we share the camp with you? We're going to start doing some science stuff. The landing team, the away team will come to consist of Archer, Paul, Trip, and Reed, which might make you think who's running the fucking ship when your four most important people are just down screwing around on Jurassic World. I mean, Hoshi went down initially. And then after they had their first contact with the Dicks people, uh, (laughs) she goes like, fuck this place. I'm out. And she goes back up to the ship and trip comes down and she's like, yeah, have fun boys. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run this ship that I don't even want to be in again. Mm hmm. Mayweather who? Don't worry. We'll just keep him locked behind whatever door we've had him at. I do want to mention, by the way, since you mentioned Mayweather uh, to, you know, call mention something brilliant our fans brought up, which is uh, on actually the Discord. Uh, Calais CR. I don't know how to pronounce this. 
he brought up that it would have been so much better if Mayweather had been some sort of old crusty chief of the boat type, some some like boomer who was at it for 20 years, but joined Starfleet after he was requested because they needed like space veterans and specifically used the 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 uh, chief from Sequest as an example of who Mayweather should have been. And I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. I mean, <laughs> like, the same stuff we were talking about yeah. back in the Space Trucker Justice episode was a, there's a lot of good potential and make him this weird wet behind the ears, clean cut rookie. Huge mistake. Uh, so they're down on the planet and uh, Reed has asked to go along with this hunting party because he wants to learn their illegal ninja moves taught by the government. And Archer's like, well, all right. But, uh, you know, you're not allowed to kill anything. Of course, DePaul is aghast at what's going on here. And even Archer kind of throws a little shade like, oh, hunting was abandoned on our planet, you know, after the Vulcans killed all the rednecks. (laughs) (laughs) After they they bred them out of our society. (laughs) Trips trips the last of a forgotten line of Florida Mm. men that, you know, just escaped the Vulcans' ability to understand what they truly were. So things start calming down at the camp, and that's when Archer gets a visitor. And it's a beautiful, half-naked, blonde lady just out in the forest calling his name. Archer gets up and he runs off, and you as the audience are like, I don't know what's happening here. Is Archer trying to go off and get his dick sucked? Or is Archer smarter than that, and he knows that whatever it is, it's trouble? And is the old masochist Captain Archer just out running through the woods looking to get his ass kicked. Yeah, and it's like, is that a future head wound I see out there? <laughs> I must gosh, let's go to it. All these tree branches, someone might be smart enough to grab one and hit me with it like some sort of a space pipe. I can't leave this planet without a concussion. It's uh, been 30 minutes of uh, airtime since I've been bleeding from the mouth. So this is where the episode completely falls apart. And where the description could not possibly be more accurate. If you put Chakotay in this episode at this point in the Archer role, it would be exactly what you would expect out of Voyager. Is you've got this, and it doesn't fit for Archer as like the person that would be like, I guess, contact with this because what he's just super compassionate. I guess like they never really establish. They never really establish the why of him. Aside from you're different, but he's obviously on the surface with Reed and Trip and T'Pol, all who are also different from the Dix people. In fact, T'Pol being a vegetarian who is aghast at even the idea of sharing space with them would appear to be the far superior choice if you were making a selection of this crew of people of who is most likely to be different than these others. Let's break it down real quick. To Paul, we can say maybe she didn't get hit with that because to Paul's too smart to fall for that shit. Um, Trip, the chaotic Florida man who acts emotionally at the drop of a hat and has already shown strong chivalrous behavior, better choice than Archer. Or even Reed, who, again, we would think is prim and proper, but as we saw when the, uh, the, the, the pineapple cake episode when he was fucking direct wiring the phasers into the fucking warp core like uh reed is a lot more chaotic than anybody else is really giving him credit and would have been a great uh wild card pick instead it's archer because 
We want Archer to be a sexy guy doing sexy things. And there he is running through the fucking forest after a half naked woman. This is not the first alien race out there to encounter telepathy. I mean, obviously, we know the Vulcans are highly telepathic. So the the seeds for alien influencer and like space madness should kind of already be there. Especially when he is relating the story verbatim back to both the the hunters and his own people. And he's just like not reading the reactions particularly well, you know, like he's maintaining like he saw what he saw. And everyone's like, bro, do you realize you're on like the fucking night planet? <laughs> like there are no humans in nightgowns running around down here. You clearly did not actually see that. And he's not taking a second to think about like, OK, I mean, eventually he's like, there's no psychotropic things on this planet i'm not does he say that because that was the big fucking thing to me is that at no point is anybody like hey don't you remember when uh to paul had to shoot fucking trip because space planets are crazy and do crazy shit it's not until the last act that or close to the last act that he actually brings it up because when he's talking to to paul in the tent after he has seen her the second time and says I have checked. There are no psychotropic count compounds anywhere in the atmosphere. So I'm not hallucinating. I did see her and I did talk to her. So whatever I spoke to, I actually saw and spoke to. And then that's when they goes like to Paul's like, so it's definitely a human woman. I said, I, she's like, he backs off of that. It's like, I didn't say that, but I am not being influenced by drugs. And I definitely interacted with something. Well, Captain, I hate to break it to you, but you remember that time we used that fucking transporter on you? Mm, yeah. Turns out, uh, you know, maybe frontal, maybe frontal lobe only reset in your brain at a 97% efficiency. Yeah. And you're slowly dying of cancer. So why don't the Space Dicks customers immediately say, yeah, you're being fucked with by local fauna yeah they seem to only volunteer that information under the influence of alcohol (laughs) which is a bit odd they're like very circumspect in their warnings uh rather than upfront. and they are you could be like well they know what they're doing is wrong and they're trying to hide it but at the same time they could be like yeah shit's dangerous out there and there's like basically uh psychotropic frogs that just poison your brain telepathically like that's part of the dangerous shit that we're hunting out here and your captain is very clearly under the influence of one of them regardless for there being a complete lack of credible reasons that archer is seeing this and him looking as fucking goofy as he does the fact that DePaul isn't like i'm relieving you of command go back up to the ship or or trip going to be like dude you sound like a fucking psycho you need to get out of here uh, maybe maybe the entire away team should leave before we're shooting each other like, we, like we're on um, Reefer Planet, which was uh, Strange New World was the name of that episode. Strange New World. And that's I'm throwing those punches because Enterprise has been so good about being self-referential. But there's these important points that happen that they just they fail to go back and reflect on like, man, that really went bad for us. How can we 
adjust this. It's, it's like I give him a little bit of credit because they do eventually address specifically the psychotropic compounds not being in the atmosphere, like addressed in dialogue specifically. Let me jump over. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But I do agree with you in that too much of the episode goes on with this just all fucking hanging out and no one really doing anything about it before like Archer finally has like a decent argument for what's going on. It, it just takes too long to develop and there's not enough questioning of it. Let's say this was a Chakotay episode. I think it would have worked better had it been a Dream Warrior episode mm-hmm. where instead of it being a a fucking Pokemon, spoiler alert, that's, that's what's going yes. on here. There's a... It's Pikachu! I believe Mimic is the one I'm looking for here. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a this is Archer's thirsty ass trying to fuck a Pokemon. Uh, if instead of uh, being a telepathic slug that also so happens to be a shapeshifter, if there was just some sort of a spiritual vibe and Chakotay's spiritual sensitivities latched onto it, and he was able to infer what was happening here was more sinister than let on and. And to take it from there instead of it being a Pokemon saying, help, help. If this were an actual Chakotay episode, they could have played into the Dream Warrior element as the reason for why the planet and the semi-sentient life upon it felt it could contact Chakotay. Because it like got that spiritual vibe off of him. Like got that he wears that on his sleeve, that he is... He is a pat. He's pacifistic by nature. The, that he is vegetarian. That he's in touch with his surroundings. That he comes from a spiritual, naturalistic uh, background, and that he's down to fucking throw the rules to the side and do what he thinks is right, even if it's becoming a dirty space terrorist. Yeah, and like immediately vibed with that in a way that would have made far more sense. Like, I feel like. Saying this is an unused Chakotay episode is almost insulting to bad Chakotay episodes because this could have been a good Chakotay episode. Yeah. You know? And if like, you're going to have any place for there to actually be like a legit supernatural vibe in Star Trek, this fucking world of darkness certainly seems like the right place to God, me. What a fucking waste this episode is put some vampires on this bitch man like come on for real they build this concept of this planet and it's got this weird life they show you like the bioluminescent centipede straight up and you're like oh this could this could be some planet some dope shit this could be some wild stuff going on here because this is some you know some weird things are happening instead they they waste it there's like one moment where they're like hunting a weird boar and then, you know, it turns into a slug and awful wants to fuck CGI. Archer. Yeah. Like PS2 cutscene level <laughs> bullshit, you know, like parasite Eve. Yeah. Like it's just a wasted concept. Um, a nice parasite use of parasite. Eve. <laughs> You're, you and me and about 18 other people played that fucking game. Oh, if you need some more bad CGI monsters, we can talk Dino Crisis. My favorite line out of the episode is while Archer's in the throes of talking stupid, uh, Reed's gone off on the hunt and to Paul, Trip, and Archer are going to go check out some stuff by everyone in thermal vents. To Paul wants to do science on her own. She takes off. Trip's like, dude, what the fuck's up? 
you're you're talking real goofy uh naked blonde lady out in the fucking woods like come on and then archer turns and goes and i quote trip have you ever known me to do anything foolish i mean really foolish and then trip's like oh well there was a car no trip every fucking episode archer's doing some really foolish shit Hey, remember when we were without his guns, uh, fucking not beaming the Andorians off into space. You're ridiculous and ever expanding collection of serious head wounds. Hey, remember when we decided to go down to the planet with the psychotropic drugs without scanning? Just, you know, because or spacesuits and you brought your fucking dog. How, how dark would that episode have been? Had <laughs> Porthos gotten eaten? <laughs> had trip shot Porthos. <laughs> The dog is talking to DePaul. It's a conspiracy. I'm like, shoot the fucking captain's dog. This could have been a really cool, sinister episode. Had the uh, Pokemon slugs not just been uh, Captain Planet victims needing the help of the Planeteers to to get rid of hoggish greedily and his dick sporting good uh, coterie. Uh, you could have really had this been a planet of... Nightmarish hells. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, there are slugs down there. They prey on your worst fucking fears. This is a demon planet. We should never go back there because it was like some more stock footage from uh, Event Horizon. This is a no go. Yeah, like they they telepathic so they can eat you, so they can lure you into a false sense of security and consume you. And like, what? What? You know, if they had built that, and then like, here, here's a rewrite for you. They meet the Dick Sporting Goods people. They they he starts to see the things. They they still warn him like this planet's got a lot of weird shit going on. You might hear things, see things in the dark, all that. And it's revealed through the episode that it is in fact this like new kind of predator that has adapted to how these guys hunt by preying, you know, on the their their minds to convince them to isolate themselves so they can eat them, and they get bailed out by the hunters. You know, like, and the hunters wind up the good guys and all they're sneering about, like, their their trophy hunting and they wind up actually getting saved by those guys. Or the way teams stumbling around and they find an old cave and they find the eaten old bones of the hunters and they realize that the hunters have been the fucking mine leeches the entire time fucking with them. Oh, there you go. That's awesome, too. Yeah, Holy it's shit. really fucking cool. Look at me. And they didn't uh, I'm do better any than of that. Brand Braga and Berman and, and fucking Chris Black. I'm, didn't do any fucking ideas. Instead, it's oh my gosh, I met a lass from a poem from when I was a child. I envisioned this woman to look this way. I don't know why I'm like I'm an Irish woman when I am Archer, but whatever. Archer abuses his uh, position of authority of DePaul to make her get in his tent. Because he wants to talk to her instead of trip again for some goddamn reason. Hold and on, let me, just, let me get my face at boob level so I can have a comfortable conversation with you, DePaul. Yes, also, come sit in my lap so we can talk. I, are these all just uh, vestigial scenes of them trying to make Archer and DePaul a thing, potentially? I, that's why I got to chalk this up to. I like the insult she lays on him and goes... Um, Basically, I think you're looking for problems that aren't there. And if it wasn't some hot chick that your thirsty ass is after, uh, would you care? She actually says, 
if it was a scantily clad man, would you uh, would you would you care if it was a scantily clad man? It that goes really out like, yeah. That stood out to me. Do you think you would have ever heard that line on TNG Voyager DS9? Hmm. The only way I could think to make it work is if it had been season one next gen, if Archer was Riker, and if it was Tasha Yar sassing his ass, because Yar did throw some sassy barbs uh, at Riker specifically over like remember yeah that goofy shirt with his hairy nipple hanging out yeah I I think I would also see this being aimed at Tom Paris pre Bolana relationship yeah okay fair enough I could see but, that but man comparing Archer to Paris is like fucking apples to oranges it's just more of that dumb I mean it's a, it's a sharp cut and it works for to Paul and Archer but like I don't know man it just it seems again it seems out of place for Star Trek especially at, at this would have been perfectly fine between bones and Kirk. And maybe again, this is what they're going for is to try and recapture that old feel uh, in a property that predates it chronologically, but that it stood out. It is a good zing, but an out of place zing. So Archer keeps acting real fucking suspicious, zoning off in his own world, running away from the group uh, to me very clearly under the psychological influence of some local monstrous thing. The captain should be moved out of there, but no, they let him keep hanging around. Um, And we get finally more and more of this. What I'm going to say is an extremely annoying as fuck alien. Uh, When Archer does finally get her alone. And actually, I guess there's kind of shades of like uh, Sam Beckett and... <laughs> he's just off talking to himself and uh, you know there's a hologram over there slapping a, a a pile of legos you know what is ziggy in this case is it, it... gaia the spirit of the earth in okay. this captain planet uh world that sam beckett has jumped into he starts talking to the alien uh just dumb circular slow conversations that are dumb as shit it takes three or four long meetings, which I don't know if this is supposed to be an opportunity for us to I fuck the blonde lady that's playing this this slugs alternate form, but just annoying. And she's not laying down anything solid. And Archer really just seems to be moving heaven and hell to try and get to a reason where he's going to feel comfortable getting involved in, in whatever is going on here. Eventually, oh, my God. The evil dick sporting goods customers. They're they're hunting a sentient thing. How awful. He gets up to uh, the ship, finds flocks. Along the way, one of these dicks guys gets attacked by a we the, the the Pokemon slugs are called wraiths, right? And it slug attacks him with some grass damage. He's all fucked up. Archer's like, hey, let us send him up to the ship. We got a really good doctor. It's just, just the idea of like, dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, 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 It's super effective. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes up, they heal him up. Oh, gosh. Hey, I'm seeing uh, some cellular matter in there. It's in flux. Now I've got a genetic blueprint. I do like the Dick Sporting Goods guys were like, oh, we can treat him down here. And they're like, well, we need him for the hunt. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should totally get better medical care on your ship, Captain. Thanks. 
They're just kind of like being mildly dicks. Uh, and, you know, Phlox gets his moment. They start to piece together. This is highly chimeric. They're very adaptable. That's the nature of life on that planet because of how weird it is. Okay. They have a little powwow on the bridge. I know what they're doing is evil, but I don't know how to de- how to how to help them fight it. Um, you know, here's an alien race that's a spacefaring race that we don't really know anything about. And instead of Archer being like, wow, you guys seem like, you know, you're pretty advanced. We're out here supposed to be like shaking hands and making friends. Maybe you should go fly over to your fucking planet and say howdy. Uh, no, we're going to get all wrapped up in this fucking this this hunt. So then. Jonathan Archer goes to flocks and says, we need to fix. We need to help the plight of this beleaguered native race that is being killed. I want you to genetically engineer a solution. And Flox is like, that's a great idea. Let me see what I can whip up. And we then Jonathan Archer takes the fruits of Flox's labor, yep. goes to the native race, mm-hmm. gives them a genetically engineered cure to help them fix the yep. plight of their people. Yeah. Preach it, girl. I cannot let this go. <laughs> And I mean, it's it's a joke, but like this is the fucking cardinal sin of Enterprise is they are doing stupid fucking shit that I cannot help. Voyager could say, you know what? Every episode was a bottle episode. And I mean, it's our bottle episode where the shit that happens here will never be spoken of again. Trans warp will never be spoken of again. It's yeah, over. It's, it's the correct bottle episode. Ours. Yeah. That's not Voyager, man. And it's a big fucking deal in that episode. And the the specter of that haunts every fucking decision. And in this case, I'm going to say I genuinely, God, I don't know if I disagree with what Archer did, but they, they frame the episode in such a way that they do lay a path that Archer's actions are correct. He is communicating with this race or this being or whatever it is. It's life, this representative of life on the planet. It is clearly sentient. It should not be hunted. He gets the hunters to cop to that they know this, that they're doing it anyway. That is probably enough to justify his actions in the blind. You know what? And are, the are they really sentient or is I, I like the the line we're such fucking evil people, you and I always fucking finding these bad guys reasonable, but like are uh, parrots sentient? They can talk. But it's mimicry and he's clearly like having a more. Is it or is it just yeah. the chemicals in his brain interacting or telling him the things that he wants to hear to you kind of. It, you know what would have been interesting is if the hunters told him that instead of basically confirming hiding it. Yeah. Well, instead of hiding it and then confirming that he was correct, that they're telepathic, mm-hmm. they read their minds and that sort of thing, that this is an act of communication. It's not a communication. It's a light intoxication. It's a it's a self-preservation instinct they have, which they also use to hunt us. And uh, it's telling you what it what your brain needs to hear. What's an anticipatory locution? Was that what that was called? And what if which is already happening, which is why this fucking fantasy that you're sympathetic to this poem you made up. That's why it's chosen that form instead of the kid who used to kick your ass back in high school. And if when they got the hunting party drunk and they started being more truthful, that's what they said. You would have a much more ambiguous episode. But instead, they go the route of, of like you said, making these guys out to be more Horace Greedley like. 
And as a consequence, Archer is justified in trying to uh, impede their ability to achieve success on their hunt. But that's that's only part of it, though. There's something else I wanted to address, which is our constant ranting about Dear Doctor, which is probably reaching the point where we might have to just we have to let it go the same way you eventually have to let go of what Janeway did in Scorpion. It's you know, a big like, ask, man. It is a big ask. It was a big ask to get past it. But at the same time, you have to, right? Like, because these huge writing failures can't drag down everything you watch from that point forward. They can't. Like, that was a bad episode. That was a terrible writing choice that they made. But they Catastrophic. Never, but they never re- re-reference it. It never factors into continuity. It is a mistake, but it is a mistake that is made independent of everything else. It is a mistake, but the, it is the blueprint. The mistake they make, the DNA, the setup is in every other moral quandary they reach here. And it, it's so hard for me to say, well, I'm going to look past it. I, I, this specifically, hey, there's a local race. It's got a problem. We can genetically engineer a solution. Oh, I get it. I'm I'm 100% with you. I knew that's exactly where you would go. My eyes rolled out of my head. Um, I'm with you, but this is the same group of jabronis that made fucking Threshold and then acted like they did. Threshold is fucking sweet. How dare you? <laughs> you know, so like they they have to yeah, at a certain point. So you it's have anti- to accept that they make mistakes and you have to look past them to continue to watching and enjoying the show. Mm. I'm not there yet. Okay, I'm going to move you there step by step. Maybe one day I will. But for right now, there Archer is having his fucking change of heart. The ending, exactly what your accusations that you read completely on point. So anticlimactic. It's not Archer grandstanding and saying what you're doing is wrong. You're going after these are people that, you know, the the Chakotay way of fixing things. Instead, you get this fucking passive aggressive. All right, we're going to we're going to engineer a cure. We're going to give it to these fucking slugs. They're going to distribute it. So all the other trees and rocks under these slugs, they can all mask whatever uh, uh, scent emission they have that the hunters sensors are picking up that allow them to track them. And we're just going to basically poison the well here. Right. And the hunters come back dejected that they just um, weren't able to come back successful And Archer's kind of got this real shitty passive aggressive attitude. And they're like, well, it's funny. We never had an issue hunting before we encountered you. And Archer's all like, yeah, funny that. And they're like, hmm, yeah, fuck you, buddy. And then he goes off. And then Archer goes to chase down some of that uh, slug tang so he can try and hit it. And she shapeshifts into a fucking slithering turd in front of him. (laughs) And like, you know, it's kind of a boner killing for him. He's like. Hot oh. blonde is is evolving. Oh, it evolved into disgusting slug. Oh no, it learned mud ball though. Yeah, talk about a filler episode that really does nothing, establishes nothing, makes the characters involved look objectively worse than they started. What this is? It's a bottle episode, Peter. This is a bottle episode. It's our bottle episode. It's the correct bottle episode. But it's this continuity-free, self-contained thing that happens. Filler. Filler. Here's the controversial question I'd like to ask you. And uh, what happens if you take these guys who are the Dick's sporting goods guys 
and you turned it into some sort of a tribal clan and and now there's a spiritual component or something vaguely ethnic that uh the writer's room has drawn obvious parallels to uh and it's not just some good old boys popping off rounds but you know this is the way of our people this is a spiritual tradition this is something non clearly white dudes and how does the crew of the enterprise handle it then is that an episode that they would have dared make back then uh no clearly and instead you just get this real fucking two-dimensional captain planet garbage well they were never going to make the spiritual people in this too villainous because that would have drawn i think too harsh a line um I I liked the way they positioned the hunters. I don't actually have any change that I feel like I need to make to how they position the hunters. It is entire the episode falls apart entirely when they introduce the the poetry lady slug Pokemon. That is where this starts to fall apart. Every that first fifteen minutes is pretty good in terms of setting up s- the situation setting up where they are, what's going on, who who else is there, what's their reaction. And then when they have to start showing, like, what is this fucking planet's dangerous game, that's when they make all of the wrong decisions. So I wouldn't make that change. Jump back two episodes of Shuttle Pod 1 and all the problems I had with that. Have Reed and Trip crash land on this planet and see all this crazy shit going on. Instead of them being lost in a dinghy in space, put them in the middle of the fucking most dangerous game with all the sinister stuff we talked about before with these uh, neutral hunters that are maybe they're shady, but they're kind of seem tolerant of them. Let them get played by the Pokemon only to find out that the Pokemon is actually legit the bad guy, a couple hunters die in the way and they barely survive by the skin of their teeth before enterprise can come over and fish their ass off this fucked up, uh, jungle safari planet. That's the episode I want. Not this piece of shit. Oh, we got a piece of shit instead, but, um, what are we watching next week? Peter season one, episode 19 acquisition. And there are some Ferengi looks like they're, I don't know, distilling some moonshine or something. Enterprise encounters Ferengi pirates who use a booby-trapped artifact to gas the crew into unconsciousness. Classic Ferengi. Then pillage the ship for treasures, but they haven't counted on Tucker, who happens to be in the decon chamber to avoid the gas and attempts to win back the ship from the pirates. So this is uh, under siege. <laughs> yes! And, uh, and playing the Steven Seagal ro- role uh is trip does T'Pol pop out of a cake with her boobs out you know what we'll, where we'll there's a berman there's a way right we'll, we'll leave that surprise for next week thank you to everyone listening to Vijer, please despite what i said earlier in this episode we value our fans except when you of course leave us to suffer if you could uh share this podcast with the people so that there are more people that i am disappointed by Uh, We would all appreciate it. See you next week. 